Welcome, Odie Tuggers, to the latest edition of K-Scope Uncovered, the podcast that goes behind the scenes of the planning of K-Scope. I'm your K-Scope 21 conference chair, Kevin McGinley. I want to welcome you all to the first episode of K-Scope 21. You can almost think of this as season two, uh, as someone pointed out to me before <laughs> before uh, recording the start of the podcast. Uh, we, we ended season one on a little bit of a cliffhanger, and, and we're actually going to talk about that a little bit uh, as, as we get a little bit further into the podcast. But first, I wanted to just kind of update everyone on where we're at from a K-Scope 21 planning perspective. So, uh, this is, you know, the right about the time of the year where we open up uh, abstracts. Um, so we have opened those up uh, and set a deadline of November 17th. So we encourage um, everyone to who wants to speak to put in uh, your abstracts now on the kscope21.odtug.com website. Um, and as we sort of open that process up, we also uh, start the process of uh, all of the content chairs who are on the conference committee reach out to volunteers within the ODTUG community to select the track leads, the people who will sort of run the review process of all the abstracts for the different tracks at KScope. Um, and we have selected all of those track leads. So our content chairs work diligently to, to get those people done. And, and the next step in the process is, is for those track leads to then assemble their selection committee members. Those are the people who will help them review all the abstracts that you guys put in uh, to, to speak at K-Scope and will help us in the selection of all of the sessions that, that will be held at K-Scope. Um, in addition, our conference committee starts to look at, you know, a number of things related to the, the conference setup and, and specifically related to the tracks. Um, and this year, our content chair for EPM, Tony Scalise, uh, wanted to make a few revisions to the EPM track specifically. Um, so what's, what's cool there is that each, each content chair gets to you know, sort of examine what's the state of a given community and the tracks within that community and, and how does that align to, you know, what's what's in the marketplace for all of our users as well as uh, what Oracle's doing. And, you know, a couple couple tweaks were made for this year. One, the, the, the probably the most significant tweak was that we introduced a, uh, a new profitability track within the EPM community focused on uh, that area of, of Oracle's products, uh, as well as that sort of functional area within uh, the businesses that, that make up our user community. Um, so we were excited to have some dedicated content to that, as well as dedicated Oracle representation. Um, so that's, that's one of the new things that you'll see in the uh, EPM tracks this year at, at K-Scope. And then as we get a little bit further into the planning process, you know, we'll be looking at all aspects of planning the, the conference, uh, you know, including, you know, how we can make K-Scope 21 the, the safest and most, um, you know, sort of respectful of the times that we're living in. Uh, and, you know, that's something that's going to be top of mind for us as, as we go through the planning process, which, which actually is, is a great sort of segue, if you will, 
um, into my first guest, well, my only guest uh, on on this episode of the podcast. Um, I want to welcome uh, Tim German, the president of the OD Tug Board, to the podcast. Hey, Tim. Hey, Kevin. Thanks. How are you doing today? Pretty good, thank you. Yeah, yeah. How are you? No, not too bad. We're we're recording this on a on a Friday. Looking forward to the weekends. Uh, first sort of uh, fall fallish type weekend for me. So you know, looking looking forward to that. So I wanted to have you on as the first guest of the podcast because I sort of wanted to address, you know, give give a little bit of a behind the scenes to the, you know, the listeners of the podcast and the folks in the ODSUG community around kind of everything that went down uh, at the end of uh, last year that, that sort of led up into the, the canceling of the K-Scope 20 conference, which is sort of unprecedented. And I thought it would be good for us to, you know, talk about that and give people a little bit of insight into how that went down and, and how that sort of progressed our thinking into the learn from home series that we ran shortly after that um, and, and how that's sort of, uh, you know, leading into our, our K-Scope 21 planning as well. So do you want to sort of take us back, if you will, uh, you know, sort of <laughs> February, March-ish timeframe uh, and, and sort of recount uh, from your perspective, and I can do the same of, of kind of how all that went down. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. So I'd rather not go back there. But, um, <laughs> I can. Yes, I think, I I think we're of... all in all in that same boat. But uh, yes, take us yeah, down a stroll I mean, memory lane, Tim. <laughs> unpleasant memory lane. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, we kind of became aware. I forget exactly when. You know, we we started to become aware that. COVID was going to have very serious consequences in general, uh, in the US especially, um, but also for the, the conference. Um, I can remember though that it really went quite quickly from wondering, is this going to be a significant challenge for us to realizing, yes, this is going to be a very significant challenge and then getting to the point not too long after of realizing that there was no realistic option but to cancel the conference um so it it feels like it developed quite quickly um and that's obviously a very very difficult unpleasant decision to have to make you know me and the rest of the od tug board um and i think i think people people possibly don't know uh, some of the mechanics of how the conference works. I mean, you do, Kevin, obviously. Yeah. Involved let's, in the, let's, the planning for a while. Let's go into that a little bit, because um, I think that that would be a little bit illuminating, you know, that this, you know, there, there, there's a lot of moving pieces here and a lot of things that are thought about, you know, way way in advance of planning any given year of K-Scope. Yeah, that's right. So we, you know, we've, it's a good problem to have in some ways, but because of the success of the conference over the last 10 years, we've gotten big enough that reservations for con con convention space and uh, accommodation blocks and all those kind of things have to be made years and years out. Like, um, 
you know, three, four, five years into the future. Um, just because there are only so many spaces that have appropriately sized spaces with enough breakout rooms and all those kind of things, plus the, the amount of accommodation we need. Um, so that means we also have some, I don't think I'm revealing too much uh, that's commercially sensitive if I say we have some pretty hefty contracts with right. uh, those vendors. So, you know, in Boston, we have a, we had a large contract with a hotel uh, and a con separate contract with the convention center. We also, you know, we have events companies, things like that. Um, so it's a little more complex to terminate or back out of those contracts um, than just, you know, it's not it's not just like a matter of canceling a hotel reservation right. the way you would with a with you know, with a personal reservation. So there was a lot there was a lot of discussion around that and you know, checking in with our attorney and that kind of thing before before we were able to actually uh, pull the trigger and notify the uh, notify the hotels and the convention center and all, the, all those people and also notify all our other stakeholders you know we have sponsors who are paid up for expecting the, the conference to happen and people that had registered and you know there's there's a there's a whole load of people on our on, the, on, the, on our community side as well you know the volunteers that had worked all year um, and uh, yeah that was so it was a, a very difficult decision to make and also of course the board you know the border a volunteer board who take their you know take their responsibilities very seriously but they are also they were also uh, dealing with the consequences of you know the emerging consequences of covid for their businesses and their day jobs and turmoil you know around kids at school and their personal life and all those other all those other things so it was a very very fast moving but very turbulent time yeah and, it was uh, it was yeah. it was kind of crazy in that regard right like i think all of us you know were a little bit uh you know tr trying to juggle all those different responsibilities and and how each thing sort of required you know different adjustments uh you know getting uh you know getting people to to be able to take the time to, to focus on the different things they needed to focus on in their lives. You know, it, it definitely was something that, uh, you know, required a little bit of juggling on, on everyone's part to, you know, be able to manage all those different aspects of your life that were changing quite, quite dramatically at the time. Right. Um, right. And, uh, and, and I think the, the other, you know, the other thing that's, you know, kind of interesting in that, it, you know, I think the, the point that you made about, you know, it's not, it's not like canceling your your hotel reservation, right? There's there's a whole series of of elements that need to be thought through in terms of of those cancellations and those decisions and and the coordination between all the different groups and making sure that everyone is is sort of in sync at the same time. Um, it you know takes a little bit of uh, forethought and planning on on everyone's part you know, the board, the conference committee, YCC, to, to make sure all of those things are coordinated appropriately. Um, because it's it's a significant announcement to, to do something like that. And it can't be done just sort of haphazardly and quickly. Um, yeah, absolutely. And we, you know, we did think quite carefully about uh, when people were going to find out. I mean, once once the decision was made, we moved as quickly as we possibly could, I think. But um, we did want to make sure that 
people like the conference committee and the, the volunteers especially who you know did so much work in preparation for that that conference uh, heard it heard the news from us rather than you know via social media or whatever just because they it's you know been a big part of their lives for that for the nine months leading up to that the you know anticipating the conference was going to happen and very disappointing for them as well as us that it didn't Yeah, I can I can remember, you know, having a, a period of time during our planning where, you know, it it's uh you know, it quickly became evident that that we were gonna have to, you know, at least at least think about it and you know, but at the same time it, it was it was still, you know, sort of a little vague as to what the the direct implications were. I mean, I even I myself professionally, I was still traveling, um, you know, at that, at that time during some of those periods. And, you know, what it did, it, it became evident pretty quickly, I think in, in early to mid March there is, is when it all snowballed quickly, but, uh, you know, on the conference committee, we pretty much had to keep a, okay, well, we're just going to keep, you know, keep planning normally here, but we have to kind of look at this in our, our, uh, you know, rear view mirror or side view mirror or how, you know, whatever metaphor you want to use there. And, and it was something that, uh, you know, we knew we had to sort of think about, but we had to sort of plan as if, okay, well, you know, this is everything needs to sort of continue from a planning perspective until there's, you know, something more demonstrative to, to address. And, and that just sort of all snowballed pretty quickly. Um, yeah. With hindsight, it's obvious that, the event couldn't have taken place um, and li literally legally couldn't have taken place in Boston at that time um, would, would have been was prohibited by the rules that were in place in Boston at the time the conference was supposed to happen um, but from you know from the from the start of March point of view none of us really understood how things were going to work right. out at all um, so although it, it seems it seems completely obvious now it didn't it didn't seem totally obvious then for sure right because we can all count on one finger how many global pandemics we've been through in our lives right so uh right you know a little 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 difficult to to kind of understand how that all that stuff typically unfolds so Absolutely. um well let's 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 shift gears a little bit you know once we kind of have made the decision um you know then then we kind of had to decide all right well what what do we do instead um and and that sort of led to us running the the learn from home series do you want to talk a little bit about sort of went into the the thinking behind that yeah so the the um you know at the point we decided to cancel kscope 20 uh, all of the content had already been selected you know all of those teams had done their done their jobs i yep. imagine a, a fair number of speakers um had already prepared or started preparing presentations um at least the people that prepare before the before the week before the conference um, <laughs> before the week before yeah <laughs> um and so you know we we wanted to all of that had already happened and it seemed a real shame it seemed like it would be a real shame if all that work simply went to waste um and we and also we knew that there was going to be a big gap in uh you know people in the community comes to casecope in in large part for content um and we realized we'd there were still ways we could deliver some of that content 
Um, so that was kind of the idea behind the Learn From Home series. Um, and you know, it had to be put together. We put it together pretty quickly, I think, within four yes. or five weeks of making the decision to do it. Yes, I, you know, you and you and I started off by kind of having to, you know, sort of sit down with YCC and and outline. Okay, well, you know, what what should this look like? What can it look like? And you know, sort of crafts, you know, sort of a going in principle, you know, from there around what we wanted it to be and what we didn't want it to be, um, what it couldn't be with with that short of a planning time frame. And I, I remember pretty quickly it it was pretty evident that. You know, planning the equivalent of K-scope, um, trying to mimic the exact, uh, you know, sort of representation of K-scope on that short notice was was a difficult challenge to undertake. Um, you know, so we knew pretty quickly, I think, in, in our discussions that, that we were going to have to, you know, sort of change up and adapt and, and you know, sort of offer a a style that was unique unto its own rather than trying to sort of replicate the conference virtually um you know which in in four or five weeks was was too challenging of an undertaking to to do um so you know going into the planning of that you know from there it was okay let's let's look at what to your point what content we could reuse and what contents uh you know what speakers were able and willing to to still put that content on virtually and and it sort of uh unfolded from there and you know I, I think it turned out to be a pretty good success wouldn't you agree absolutely yeah i think the um attendance was phenomenal like in the thousands uh, which is very very encouraging you know suggests that there was a demand for it um and you know the speakers all stepped up as well and the, and you know we had i think we had what 80 plus sessions um we had pretty much every team member at ycc uh hosting a session at one one time or another yeah. which was great as well you know we had i think we had what eight consecutive session rooms is that right or four four consecutive session rooms four right? it was four rooms yes yeah. four rooms each day um, but you know running from and i think in the morning to yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go on. And, and I think what was, no, yeah, what was nice about that is, um, you know, I think some people were able, because of the way we sort of spaced things out um, and arranged uh, the, the sort of different rooms, people were able to attend, uh, you know, a lot more than what they maybe would otherwise be able to attend at, at, a, at a physical conference. Um, because of you know there not being overlap between certain tracks at certain times um you know people who tend to uh you know want to have a presence in multiple communities and multiple tracks you know were able to attend more than than they otherwise would uh, which i think really benefited uh you know some of our tracks that that are maybe a little bit smaller than others yeah that's a good point i know i went to sessions that I certainly would have missed at K-Scope just because of overlap. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that worked. Yeah, that side of it worked well. The attendance was the attendance was great. Um, like you say, I don't. I think we knew that we couldn't completely replace every aspect of the of the conference. The 
you know the net the networking aspects and the you know the more social aspects and com and some of those community activities it's there was no way we could we knew that we couldn't get that done in get get that done in that kind of time um and i think the other challenge with the learn from home series i think is the the timing you know though there's that you can only run sessions you know whenever you're going to run sessions i think people like on the other side of the world are going to struggle to make it um and that's that's unfortunate you know we had to we targeted it to where most of our uh, attendees and community are based but you know it's it's unfortunate that that is makes for a difficult time versus getting you know an in-person conference where you get everybody together in one place right um and the record and i think the recordings are available um so it's not completely impossible to catch up but that's an aspect that we just inevitably missed i think yeah and, and i think some of the challenge there is you know putting together the sort of i mean to your point we had many rooms running four rooms running simultaneously each day you know we had two ycc staff in in each room for for them that was you know a long stretch of six hours to to do that at at odd times of the the day in the u.s to be able to satisfy the the sort of international time zones was was challenging we didn't have the sort of volunteering bandwidth to be able to take that on and and do it that quickly um you know and and you know we we didn't have the ability also to sort of pre-record everything um you know i think if if we had that we could maybe have of you know run recordings at different times obviously it wouldn't have been live but um but yeah, so we, we did kick kind of backed into a little bit of a corner there in terms of the hours that we could run it. But I think we still, you know, where, where international people were able to, to you know, sort of accommodate the, the time that we did run, um, you know, we, we did, uh, did get some presence there. So that, that still turned out to be uh, okay for some. Yeah, that's Definitely true. Not all. There are, certain yeah, parts. that's true. There, yeah, there are parts of the world where I think we had more attendance than we would at a physical K-scope. So that's that's also encouraging. Um, yeah. All depends what, what time zone you're in, really. Yeah. So I think, you know, we definitely took away some some learnings from the case, the the uh, learn from home series, you know, as, as we went into, uh, you know, thinking about, you know, sort of planning case scope 21. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we kicked off the, the sort of planning season for case scope 21 in in August. Um, and, you know, sort of one of the things that we, we stated up front is, is that, you know, we we do, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in June, but we do want to plan for an in-person conference in Nashville uh, at the Gaylord for, for K-Scope 21. And, and that's how we're kicking off the sort of planning season for uh, K-Scope 21. Um, you know, right. the conference committee is, is, is going through the sort of regular motions of doing that. Obviously, knowing in in the back of our our minds that we are going to have to, uh, you know, potentially do things a little bit differently and and take into into consideration some different things. I mentioned kind of earlier here in the podcast that you know we are going to need to look at 
closer to the time? What are the the sort of guidelines in place from a, a state and local level, as well as potentially a federal level around, uh, you know, sort of requirements for for gatherings of people and and how we have what things we have to do to make sure that 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 is that those are safe and and every few everybody feels comfortable, you know, being in that type of environment. So those will th be things that we're we're definitely going to take a look at. Um, what what are what are some of your thoughts as we kind of go into to planning K Scope Twenty One in that regard? Well, I think as you said, we're working on we're working towards Nashville uh, in June, um, but the conference committee, more than any previous year, I think, has been is sort of primed to expect the unexpected and be prepared to be flexible as we find out more about exactly what we can do and how. Um, and we are planning to have more virtual content um, at some point after the conference as well, uh, in, after the in-person conference. You know, that's part of our that's part of our plans going in this year, especially given that the Learn From Home series was very successful in terms of demand and attendance. Um, so that's on on the radar after for after the conference as well. Yeah, and so we have we have begun thinking about that and and thinking about you know sort of what what that might be like and what would we do differently from the Learn From Home series? What would we do in addition? You know, with with more time to sort of think through and and plan what that might be like. Um, you know, there's probably that will probably open some doors for us in in terms of uh, you know being able to do more. Um, you know, so that that's something that the conference committee is definitely looking at right now. Um, we don't have any, you know, anything super specific to to announce at this time. Um, but I but I do think it's worth mentioning, you know, related to that, that, um, you know, as it relates to, to putting in abstracts right now, I mentioned at the, the top of the podcast here that that's sort of the time that we're focused on right now is is collecting abstracts, um, you know, as a speaker, uh, you you should put in your abstract now, regardless of, of what, you know, your own personal plans may be come June. I think it's hard for a lot of us to know what that's going to be for sure right now. And so we, what we want to do is encourage every potential speaker, um, you know, to, to put in to speak regardless of, of what, you know, sort of might happen in June, uh, because as we look to, to, you know, sort of plan some of that virtual content, um, you know, there, there may be other opportunities, uh, you know, for you to speak through other, other mediums, um, uh, you know, after K-Scope. And, and so collecting that abstract information now and, and, and putting in uh, to, to speak now is, is a way for us to, you know, have that uh, accessible as, as we look to plan other, you know, sort of future events beyond K-Scope 21. So I would definitely encourage every speaker to put in, um, to, to speak, regardless of, of what you think your own sort of personal situation is going to be uh, in, in late June of 2021. Um, do you have any uh, additional thoughts on that, Tim? No, I, I agree. Um, I think you know we're nine months away. It's the way things have changed in the last six. It's it's really hard to know how things are going to look by the time of the physical conference. Um, 
And you know, so I just reiterate, if you're considering submitting or you're thinking, I, I won't submit an abstract because I don't know what my situation will be or whether my company will be allowing travel or you know, if you're from my country of origin, the UK, you have to, at the moment, you have to quarantine on return from the US, for example. Like if you have problems like that, or potential challenges like that, I just encourage you to submit anyway. Um, and we will, you know, we will work that out nearer the time. Yeah, and even even on the abstract submission form, there is an additional checkbox um, that that you would check that that basically says that you're open to presenting uh, the session, um, you know, through any kind of virtual event. Uh, we we sort of rephrase that checkbox from previous years, which used to just say webinars, uh, to, to kind of open the door for any kind of uh, virtual presentation. Um, and, and so I would encourage you to still still submit, check that checkbox that lets us know that uh, you're, you're open to doing it beyond the sort of in-person K-Scope 21. Um, and, and like Tim said, we'll, we'll sort of sort that out uh, as we get further into the planning process and, and as we know more about uh, both, you know, what's what's going to happen physically in, in Nashville in June as, as well as the things that we plan for beyond that. So do you have any uh, other thoughts or comments, Tim? Um, about 20, I think I just want to take the opportunity to thank all the volunteers all you know there's dozens and dozens of people between the conference committee and the and yes. the ycc staff and then the, the track leads and then the track content selection teams and the speakers who put time into either speaking at learn from home series or even you know everyone that submitted spent spent the time working up an abstract and submitting it and so on for an event that ultimately didn't happen you know and i um very grateful for all the all the work they did because the work was done you know the conference was planned by the by the point we had to uh, make the decision to cancel it so it's really tough on those people and we're very grateful for their work regardless yeah and i and i i want to take the opportunity to thank my team as well i mean it, it was uh, definitely a uh you know uncharted territory that we were in and and everybody you know work worked through it brilliantly and and you know while we were all you know sort of sad and disappointed at the outcome we all knew that was the the right decision in the end and the only decision in the end so you know thank thanks to my team on the conference committee as well and and all the the track selection committees yeah thanks for being on today tim and being willing to talk about all this stuff i think it's actually pretty cool for for people to be able to hear a little bit of the, the behind the scenes of all of this and uh you know make makes it uh you know good to know that you know we're, as we sort of plan k-scope 21 these are all the types of things that we think about behind the scenes and and have to sort of navigate and thanks for being on to, to talk about it i really appreciate it yeah thanks for having me yeah, absolutely. Stay safe. You too. So thanks everyone for listening to this episode. Uh, we'll try to get another one out probably before abstracts close on the 17th. Our, our next episode will probably be focused around uh, getting that final abstract submission in and what makes a good abstract. So until then, I'm Kevin McGinley, your KScope 21 conference chair. Thanks for listening. <laughs>